When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Did you know that some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. If you're new to investing, the stock market can feel so intimidating and so unfamiliar. But the truth is, investing is closer to home than you might think, literally. If you look around right now at the things you have lying around your house, you can probably invest in most of the companies behind those products. Like, do you have a Mac laptop? You can invest in Apple. More of a Dell person? No problem. You can invest in Dell too. If you have a car in your garage, snacks in your cabinet, soda in your fridge, a cell phone in your hand, you are already investing as a consumer. But you can invest as a, well, investor as well, which will allow you to reap the major benefits of successes of your favorite companies. Looking around at the things you touch every single day is an exercise I recommend people do if they're just starting to get into the market. And I actually took a listener through this exercise on my other podcast, Money Assistant, in an episode I'm going to share with you today. In the episode, we determined not only how to figure out which brands you can invest in, but also which brands you should invest in. Here's Money Assistant. I'm financial expert and New York Times bestselling author Nicole Lappin. And I magnify the AI assistant that powers the Magnify app. And we are your money assistants. On the show, we help people overcome financial setbacks and meet their money goals. So here's what we're going to do. First, you'll hear me talk to a guest about their relationship with money and their financial dreams. And then I'll provide a personalized game plan developed by the most cutting edge financial technology. If you want us to be your financial assistants, listen to the end of the episode to hear how. Until then, this is who we'll be assisting today. My name is John. I have been a healthcare professional for over 15 years, focusing on business development operations and project management. Currently in my position right now, I am making about $110,000 a year as a base salary with a 7% contribution to a pension plan. So with that said, my goal is to really grow my money for retirement. You know, I do have a, a, a few buckets for um, short-term saving goals by um, hi- um, using high-yield savings accounts, whatnot. But, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and I want to make sure that I have a future that um, are, uh, that is as healthy as possible in terms of finances. So right now, I do have a starting budget about ten to 50000 that I really want to grow um, long-term to a, a good, sizable retirement plan. 
So, John, we're going to put your money assistant to work soon, but we can't start there, of course. We have to start with your story and how money has played a role in that story. So let's, if you will, play a little game of word association. I'm going to say a word, and then you tell me the first word that comes to mind. Cool? Sure. Cool. Retirement. Relaxation. Investing. Future. Debt. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Two Two words, words. but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Savings. Um, Managing. Security. Vital. Money. I would say I needed. Don't we all? <laughs> what are some of the early memories you have, John, around money? Let's dig deep. Yeah, my earliest memories of money, of course, is, of course, getting maybe that, that first paycheck. You know, what do I do with it? I want to keep it. I don't want to spend it. So I, I definitely um, know the value of money, you know, and especially, you know, coming from my background that my parents are... Vietnamese came to America after the Vietnam War with literally $25 in their pocket and then saving and, you know, doing, growing that money to not only buying a house, but owning a house, you know, and definitely through uh, the eyes of entrepreneurship because my, both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think I've been very, I've been raised with knowing the value of money from as a kid. So I've been always making sure that every time I spend something, I think about it twice. Um, so I've been very, I wouldn't say frugal. But I've been definitely very educated in terms of making sure that I know where to go to um, get the best bang for my buck. So I really have learned the worth of money from early on in life. I love that. So would you say that money has historically been a source of stress or empowerment for you? Or a little bit of both? Yeah, I would say a little bit of both. And so it's always the stress of, let's say, if I lose my job, then there there, there goes my source, source of income. Also, the stress of making sure that, you know, we, we, I do have enough money to pay the bills, but also have something to save, but also the reward, the reward that I've done a great job, that I've been rewarded by, you know, my heart, my hard work, but through um, the money that I've received at the end of the month, um, um, aka the paycheck. That's really smart. Can you tell me about a time when you felt like you needed a money assistant there with you? holding your hand, helping you along the way? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I would say more of the savings part. I've been more passively saving just through uh, traditional uh, bank accounts. Maybe I'll do a CD. Maybe I will do a high yield savings account. But for me, I'm always afraid of doing the wrong thing. You know, um, I've heard horror stories about um, my friends and colleagues who have had a financial planner that, that got burnt or maybe invested the wrong way. So then their their savings is now half gone. So I'm always afraid of what to do and who to trust. And so I think that's when you're mentioning about that person to um, handhold you or uh, that mentorship. It's that I think that is the the challenge that I'm trying to that I'm facing right now is how can I make my money grow and who or where should I trust uh, to get that going? Well, John, you are doing awesome. Just let's take a moment to appreciate that. (laughs) You're making six figures. You're contributing 7% to retirement. It's awesome to hear. So you're doing great. We can all get better no matter where we are. But do you feel Uh like overall you're in a stable place with your finances right now? Yes, I feel like I'm in a very stable place. I do have, you know, an emergency fund. uh, So I definitely 
feel like I'm stable, but I can always want to be stronger in that stability, both short term and long term. Yeah, I think we all feel that once we get to a certain level of safety or stability, like we keep raising the bar, we keep moving mm -hmm. that goalpost, especially, you know, I feel the same way as a first generation American too. like there's a lack of that. And so once you get to a certain place where your former self wishes you were, it's nice to mm -hmm. appreciate that. But there always feels like there's more. You said you're ready to start investing, though. What made yes. you feel ready? A number of things. First, time is my enemy in a sense. I'm in my mid-40s right now, so I know that I don't have that much longer to just basically be uh, complacent. I feel that it's time for me to really make a jump and, make, and I should make a jump um, immediately or around soon, I should say. And then um, I just feel that I want to see my money grow. Yeah, you work really hard for your money. Yeah. I think it returned the favor. Exactly. It's only fair. Yes. <laughs> Did you say, just to clarify, that you have between 10 and 50 to invest or 10 and 15? Uh, 10 to 50, five zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. And where is that money right now? Right now it's in the savings. It's in high yield savings. So 50 grand is is sitting in exactly. high yield savings. Do you know what percentage that's getting? I think right now it's getting about 4.4%. Okay. That's not bad. Not bad. But can always do better. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into it. As a starting point, John, do you think the conventional wisdom of building out a portfolio allocation with your age in bonds is a good idea? So that means that in your portfolio, the ratio of bonds to stocks would be based on setting your bond allocation to your age. So when I was 25, I had 25% of my portfolio in bonds, 75% of my portfolio in stocks. As you get older, the rationale behind this is that mm -hmm. you get more and more invested in bonds because you want less and less risk and bonds are less risky than stocks. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Cool. So let's talk about stocks. If you're ready to get into the stock market and you're a new investor, starting can feel totally unfamiliar and foreign, but that's not true. Uh, it's actually more familiar than you think. For example, what are some of the companies that you love or you use a lot? Definitely. Well, I am a coffeeholic. Starbucks all the way. One of my pet peeves <laughs> is too. And exactly, I have my drink here as well. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I haven't been to Seattle yet, but I definitely want to mm. um, experience the first Starbucks and walk through those doors. Oh, you're like a super fan. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> my cardiologist might not like me, but I think I'm. I think you're right, Nicole. Maybe I am. A, maybe I am a super fan of uh, well, coffee in general. Coffee in general, but definitely Starbucks. There are worse addictions. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on it. Yeah, can't start my day without my Starbucks. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm weird. Um, I love Mac products on um, computers, laptops, everything but the phone. Hmm. For some reason, I'm not an iPhone person. I'm an Android person. So when it comes to phones, I'm always a Samsung guy. So I love Samsung. I love everything that has to do with that, you know. But I'm also uh, interested in just learning more about technology, especially I'm in the healthcare space, so healthcare AI, brain AI, neuroscience, all that I'm very interested in to learn. So a lot of the brands that are out there, I'm very interested to learn more about uh, what's out there. My fiance is a runner. I'm not. I pretend to be a runner, but she got me hooked to hook us. I think they're the best shoes ever. Cool. So Starbucks is a publicly traded company. Hoka's mm -hmm. parent company is Decker's Outdoor. It's a publicly traded company. I've covered it for years, actually. Uh, so that means that you can invest in those companies. You like them so much. Samsung mm -hmm. actually doesn't trade on a U.S. stock exchange, so it's difficult 
for American investors to invest in the company. But Starbucks and Deckers are totally fair game. Okay. So, John, here's what I'd love to do. Let's bring on uh-huh. your money assistant to see if those companies are good potential investments for you. Perfect. You already invest in them as a consumer. Let's see if you can be an investor as well. Awesome. The best place to start here, I would say, is to look at the ROI, which is an acronym for return on investment and the volatility, which is basically a measure of risk. You ready? All right. Hi, I'm your AI investing assistant powered by Magnify. And yes, I'm AI. I'm engineered to answer your biggest investing questions and help you make your money work for you. Hi. I have done the research for you and I have compared Starbucks and Deckers across volatility and returns over a one year period. Deckers has returned 46% over the last year and Starbucks has returned nearly 5% over the last year. Deckers volatility was 30% and Starbucks's was 24%. Cool. Thanks, Magnify. So here are a couple of things to note, John. The last few years have been really nuts. So I normally look at a stock over a longer time horizon than just one year. So Magnify, can you share the historical returns of Starbucks and Decker's not just over the last year, but over the last five years? Absolutely. Decker's is up over 355% over the last five years, and Starbucks is up 81% over the last five years. Do you want to add these to your portfolio? Yes, definitely. So one thing I'd also do, John, is to keep an eye on that volatility. You know, Magnify mentioned that Starbucks's volatility is 24%, Decker's volatility 30%. The stock market is a volatile place. Uh, That's just how the stock market behaves. So you're not going to see a stock with zero volatility. But what I do is compare a stock's volatility against the market's overall volatility. And one way to do that is to look at a fund that tracks the market and look at the fund's Uh volatility. Do you know what a fund is? to define that? Of course. Uh, So a fund is basically a collection of stocks and typically investors will invest in funds because it's less risky than investing in just one particular stock. So investors use funds basically as a proxy to look at bigger trends. Like there are a bunch of banking funds that hold on to different bank stocks. And then by grouping them together, you can see the trends of the entire industry or the sector as a whole. So there are a few funds that are used as proxies to track The whole market, one of them has a ticker symbol SPY, so that tracks the Mm -hmm. S&P 500. Do you know what a ticker is? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. So the ticker is basically like the nickname for a company on the stock market. Uh, Magnify, how volatile was SPY over the last year? SPY's volatility over the last year was 17%. Okay, so both Starbucks and Decker's were more volatile last year than the overall market. How does that make Mm -hmm. you feel, John? Competent, relevant. Yeah. And there's also a pulse check that you can do with the VIX, which is a volatility marker of the stock market. You can check that like every day just to see Mm -hmm. um, if it is as volatile as it feels. And oftentimes it can feel that way. Like when I first started investing, I felt like I needed a volume (laughs) when I looked (laughs) at the market. Uh, So if volatility makes you nervous, you're not alone. There's another way, though, to handle all this. Remember I said, look at funds to hedge against risk. Well, Mm -hmm. You can search for funds that contain Deckers or contain Starbucks, let's say. So Magnify, can you search for funds with exposure to Deckers? Yes. Here are the funds that hold Deckers. QCGDX, which is the Quantified Common Ground Fund. 
and TAAGX, which is the Timothy Aggressive Growth Fund. Over the last year, QCGDX had a return of 0.2% and TAAGX had returns of 3%. And over the last year, QCGDX had volatility of 17% and TAAGX had volatility of 20%. All right, Magnify, thank you so much. Um, what about our favorite, uh, Starbucks? Yeah. Here are the funds that hold Starbucks. FDLSX, which is Fidelity Select Leisure Fund, and IMSCX, which is the IMS Capital Value Fund. Over the last year, FDLSX had a 18% return, and IMSCX had a 27% return. FDLSX had 17% volatility, and IMSCX had 19% volatility. All right, Magnify, that was a mouthful. Uh, some of these tickers <laughs> get really crazy. So this yeah. is the perfect illustration, John, of the cost-benefit analysis of funds. Like, they have less volatility than buying Starbucks outright or Deckers outright, but they also have a lower return. It's a trade-off with funds. Uh -huh. So the ones that tend to have lower risk also have lower return. The ones that have higher risk, though, tend to have higher return. So I'd love to just pause for a second and get your reaction. That's good, because it's good to know, because I, I'm always afraid of the high reward part because of the high risk. Like I said, I think I will be having an anxiety attack every time I go on, I check check my <laughs> the daily reports and whatnot. But with the funds, I think um, I think I feel safer that way because I think um, I'm always the person that goes the safe route, and I think that you know doing something that's low risk but low reward um, could be something that I want to start with. So yeah, I mean it's good to know there's options out there. So many options, and let's stay yeah. on the topic of funds just for a sec. We just search for funds that contain a certain stock. So we could mm -hmm. also search for funds that track a whole industry. So when you read the news, do you find yourself reading about any one industry in particular? It sounds like you have an interest in science and neurotech and AI. So you probably nerd out on some tech news like I do. Yeah, of course. You know, of course, um, of course, listening to you, Nicole, in your podcast and whatnot. But yeah, I'm always I'm always interested about you know, what's going on in the financial world as well, because it's always interesting, uh, especially um, that relates to um, health tech and technology and whatnot. That's awesome. And that's really important because that just makes you an overall more knowledgeable investor and you can jump on things as they happen. So let's look closer at tech. Magnify, can mm -hmm. you share some funds with exposure to tech? Yes, here are the funds with exposure to tech. IYW, which is iShares US Technology ETF, and QTEC, which is First Trust NASDAQ 100 Tech Sector ETF. Would you like me to compare these funds? Yes. Over the last year, IYW had a return of 35% and QTEC had a return of 29%. During that period, IYW had volatility of 26% and QTEC had volatility of 30%. All right. So, John, I know this is a lot of information, like so many numbers, so many letters, mm -hmm. all the letters, uh, but it's the information that really unlocks the next steps to wealth. So if we step back, you have a chunk of money that you mm -hmm. have sitting in a high yield savings account, which is a great first step, but you want to invest that. So you want to step it up a little bit. You are going to invest your age in bonds. So it sounds like that's going to be 40 
ish, right? In bonds. Mm -hmm. Ish, yes. Uh, and then the remainder in stocks. And when you're building out a portfolio, it's a really good thing to invest in some of the bigger funds that track the entire market, like SPY that we talked about. But there are also others uh, that do very similar things, track the same indices like VOO, but sprinkle in also some companies that you really believe in and that you're a consumer of, like Starbucks uh, or Deckers, or a fund that includes Starbucks and Deckers. It just depends on your risk tolerance. How do you feel about taking some of these next steps to getting into the market? No, I think it's great. And thank you. And thank you for the AI, because it's this is what I need. Um, some more, some clarity, some real time clarity on it. Because as you just uh, said, Nicole, there's so many acronyms and so many numbers that one person like myself tends to just get kind of drowned uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, so many um, data that just doesn't make sense. It just at the end of the day, just like a bunch of numbers and letters. So it's good that um, we were able to define that uh, for me and, and, and shed some clarity in terms of what's out there for me and how do I proceed. I love that so much. I mean, I have the very same reaction. I get very emotional with money. You know, money is so mm -hmm. loaded. We all have money stories and traumas and memories. And so using AI to pick out the data, which is still important, that's most relevant to you, but taking out the emotion, I find to be so valuable. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's, I think it's taking, that, taking away that emotion, taking, also taking away from that potential anxiety attacks, whatnot, and know that this is a long-term thing. and you know, get ready and be be ready for that, you know, because, you know, like there's a volatile market. So like a roller coaster, when it goes down, it'll go up. And so just having that mentality that it's for the long term. All right. So while I don't necessarily believe in woo-woo money manifestation stuff, uh, money mm -hmm. is a mindset. And in order to get into the market and stay in the market, you do, I believe, need the confidence in your decision making. And stay true to that and stay steadfast. So if you don't mind, repeat after me. I will invest in myself. I will invest in myself. Do the work. Do the work. And meet my financial goals. And meet my financial goals. Yay! Yay! Money Assistant is a production of Money News Network. Money Assistant is a sponsored podcast by Magnify. Magnify is the AI designed to help you invest. Yes, you. You too can have me and Magnify as your money assistants. Subscribe to Magnify at moneyassistant.com and not only will you get your own AI financial sidekick, but you'll also get access to a members-only live Zoom workshop with me where I'll answer your investing questions and together we'll get you on the road to financial freedom. Advisory services are offered through Magnify LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, ETFs, are sold by perspective. Please consider the investment objectives, risks, changes, and expenses carefully before investing. The perspective, which contains this and other information about the investment company, can be obtained by the fund company or your financial professional. Be sure to read the perspective very carefully before you decide whether to invest. This is a sponsored podcast paid for by Magnify LLC. I'm a client of Magnify LLC, so this should be considered an endorsement or testimonial. 
Magnify LLC is a client of Money News Network LLC, so I do have an incentive to promote this client. The testimonials provided may not represent the experience of other clients and are not a guarantee of future performance or success. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Magnify LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Magnify LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.